I'm joined by Blake once again for season two, episode seven of the Campbell's Gambles podcast. We've got a huge week in store. Sir, how has your week been? Strong? Good? Fun? All of the above. <laughs> it's uh yeah, no, we're 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 rolling through them up to episode seven now. So we're uh yeah, doing well. Another big weekend of racing coming up though, so um it's exciting. Always exciting. You were you were down at HQ on uh Saturday. I'm not sure if you're there to see the uh equine athletes, but um you're down there nonetheless. Unfortunately, I had some uh more important things to attend, but namely music festivals. But no, nah, uh yeah. I was spending the weekend down there and I'll be back there again tomorrow morning and I'll be back there again in a couple of weeks and then I'll be back there again a couple of weeks after that. So I think it's about time I buy a place down there. <laughs> we need to find some winners to do so. Uh, we've got two races to cover at Flemington. So uh, I don't think you'll be stopping by tomorrow by any chance to look at uh, what Home Affairs and Co look like in the yard. But um, um, never you never, never know. know. You never know. Uh, anyway, I forgot to mention Dabble. If you haven't joined Dabble, join Dabble. Don't know how many times I need to tell you guys. I've just been smashing it through your ears and your head. Um, sign up using the promo code CG. Uh, and other than that, let's get cracking into last week, before this week. Hitotsu returns. A group one winner in the Australian Guineas. What did you think of the effort, Blake? Big effort. Got, got the run that it needed. To be mm. fair, but um, yeah, it was, you can't really take anything away from it. Still, it was a, it was a good win. Yeah, no, it was good. It was good. It was a good return. Like he's a he's a proper horse, you know. Mm. He put the riding on the wall when he won that Group One race, even though it was a, in my opinion, a weak Group One field. He went like sixteen hundred up to twenty five hundred, which is, you know, the way we we do form. We're probably, I'd say, we're both about you know two hundred three hundred meters max going up in trip. You don't really really yeah. want to going up. Yeah, any no, I, I can remember that. I can remember that week, and we were both just saying like, "There's not, yeah. there's no way it should be this short." And then it just got, it just kept getting backed. Yeah, and it just bolted in, so. absolutely bolted in. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's in my opinion, that's a sign of a good horse. When I can go against a horse, and I'm pretty confident in my own opinion, and it just comes mm-hmm. out and proves you wrong. You put your oh, hand yeah. up, and you just kudos to the horse. And no surprises to me that he came out and won very well first up there. Mm-hmm. So. He wasn't the only winner in the Guineas. The Randwick Guineas converge. I absolutely said no. I, I didn't think he would even place. And I got that completely wrong. Recall, Again, was, I do recall. <laughs> yeah, an absolute bloodbath from myself last week. But uh, Animo went down. Uh, do you reckon Converge was a, a rightful winner? Or do you reckon Animo was a touch unlucky? Uh, I, I wouldn't call those two sentences synonymous, really. Um, Animo, Animo can be a touch unlucky, but still, you know, converge deserved winner. I think. Yeah. Um, I think it has. There has to be a lot more happen um, to say the horse didn't really deserve to win. Um, still did everything right and got there in the end pretty well. So, uh, yeah. And just before we leave, uh, leave the other guineas in the past, the Australian guineas pinstriped. 
Oh, unbelievable! I, I don't think I've ever seen anything worse. Honestly, I don't think, I don't think I've ever seen anything worse. That was that was horrible, and I wasn't even on it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Good good things going forward for Pinstripe. I've got my eye on him now. Yeah. Well, there's a few pretty crappy rides in that race. I thought Profondo, Robbie Dolan through the week got uh, sacked off Profondo for Hugh Bowman. All that. Um, All that. It wasn't one of Robbie's best rides. He kind of, he kind of, it was Drew, he drew 15. So, you know, it was, it was already in a tough position, but mm. he tried to go forward. I don't know about the intent, you know, he probably was able mm. to sit outside the leader, but you know, it's tough. It's tough. Those, those older jockeys, they know, they know who the, I guess the, one of the main market expectations are and they just basically kept them out on a limb and it was three wide no cover the trip. He, he yeah. dropped off. So I think massive forgive there for Profondo. And obviously, as you just said, Prince Stripe was pretty unlucky himself. Um, I guess the big talking point of the weekend um, was Shelby 66 running out of his absolute skin, but Eduardo was too good in the end. And Nature's trip was uh, a bit disappointing, but we've sort of come to terms with that second up with uh, the old NS. Um, what did you think of that race? Yeah, that was <laughs> a bit, uh, bit of an unexpected exciting race to watch seeing uh shelby 66 absolutely launch up the inside <laughs> thought for a second he was gonna get there as well it was uh yeah and and the, the craziest thing is i've had him in my black book because i've i've been following him like he ran well over the 1400 uh and he dropped back to the thousand which is like sort of more his his go last time on the wet ground pikey was on that day as well and and he won and i was on him um and that was in a highway and i thought I saw this race coming up last week and I thought, now I'm not going to say anything stupid like, you know, Shelby 66 could be a chance here or anything because that'd be ridiculous, wouldn't it? There's not a chance, not a, not a not a hope that he's going to run well, but he's in the black book. So I was tossing up, but yeah, man, nearly, very, very nearly. What black book do you use? Because I don't use them anymore. They're all paid. <laughs> oh, I just use the sports bet one. That's like every, I just... I just, yeah, just use the, the sports bet one. Trusty SB black book. Mm. Um, other than that, yeah, he went up 20 rating points. I was talking that I was talking about this before we even jumped online. I think that's just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. It yeah. Kind of, yeah. For the rest of his career, he's basically F-U-C-K-E-D because he's going mm. up again. He's now he's an 83 rater, I think, from memory, 84 rater. Mm. He's just going to be up against city class horses for the rest of his life. And it's just, just really tough for a horse like that. So it's a bit sad for the ownership and the connections. Obviously, that the the thrill of their life, almost winning the group two race against two of the best sprinters of their modern time. But yeah, just very difficult to see him figuring the finish going forward. Yeah. Do agree, but also willing to watch and see what he can do tomorrow. Cause he's in, he's in that, what is it? A group three race and he's drawn well. So um, if he can back up that last run in another sort of, high class run but you know obviously a race but obviously not as as high class as the one he ran second in like it now he's coming into this race with a1 form if you actually consider that last run behind eduardo so it's to me it's whether he backs it up or not and if he doesn't then yeah i agree with you but if he does then you know maybe he's just turned into a different horse yeah i was looking at dan o'sullivan he posted through the week there's only been he does um databases and uh wait for age ratings it was like in the last, I think, 700,000 horses he's put in his system, there's only been two other horses that have peaked further than Shelby 66 did in his last run. So it's absolutely 0.00001%. So 
I'll be so interested to see that race because if you just solely base him off his last start run, he's probably like, like deserves to be favorite in that race. However, if you base it off his whole career, he should be, you know, 50 to one or a hundred. <laughs> so yeah. be interesting to see, but nonetheless, let's get into this week. We're going to head to Rose Hill first track conditions, weather and bias, 25 degrees and sunny rails in the true position tracks. Currently a heavy nine by race day, probably be expecting it to be a heavy eight, possibly getting back into the soft range. Uh, any expected track bias, Blake? I know I always ask this, but it's always very difficult to predict anything. But uh, yeah, I think maybe easier to predict, or a little bit potentially easier to predict this weekend than past weekends. They're just because we're going back to Rose Hill, we haven't been there for a while. Um, it's, it all really depends how much it dries out, but you always get sort of that that leader ish bias at Rose Hill. Um, yeah probably lean the same way uh just depends i guess how much the rain has affected it and like i said how much it dries out but yeah yeah fair enough not too much traffic on rose hill lately so yeah not much traffic at all really uh mm. let's end to the first race we're covering and the only race we're covering at rose hill it's race eight the group one Coolmore classic for the phillies and mares over the 1500 meters espiona the boom horse is the current 360 favorite we've dabbled uh, speed map. What horses go forward here, Blake? Quite a few, I think, uh, especially out wide. Vangelic, drawn the widest, will be going forward. Expat is obviously going to go forward. All the others that are drawn wide, except for Promise of Success, that's Hinged, Shout the Bar, Mirror Vision, all have uh, decent early early speed, some more than others, but they'll all be looking for, uh, I reckon, positions towards the front rather than towards the back of the field from those wide gates. And then you've got Yes Baby Yes who's drawn well in gate two who will also be kicking up so quite a bit of pace early i reckon all those all those horses uh coming coming across from the wide gates yeah it'd be interesting seeing expat now got to 1500 meters i think now at this distance she should just clearly burn them off um as she's been doing over the shorter trips and yeah vangelic probably crosses here uh i'm with wonderbar here at a bit of a price i think she is a terrific chance to go back to back um, oh, I guess wins, not in this race, obviously. I thought I'd run in the Newcastle Newmarket. Just unsure if that's the right form line, but I'm happy to swing with it at this price. I thought it was really good. Um, she ran home sensationally down the outside, albeit in the best part of the track. But her last 600 metres was six lengths above standard and the race in total rated four and a half lengths above standard too. So it was a really fastly run race. I think that's really good on the quick backup here. Eight days on a wet track too. Um, she's not Mr. Placing on a heavy track and on her soft track form is really good for, for our third up. She has not missed a placing either. So I think at $13, Tommy Berry on board run at 53 and a half kilos. Don't, not sure if you'll make that weight, but just for him to pick up this ride shows that he might be keen on this horse. And I think stepping up the 1500 meters, I think she might be hard enough to beat Blake. What about you? Um, still honestly tossing up with, with a lot of these horses, I think it's a pretty open race and uh, hard to hard to sort of gauge what the track's going to do at this point, um, which always makes it a little bit harder to sort of assume or, or make an estimation of which horses are going to be favoured in the run. Uh, that said, the horse out of all of these in the race that I am the biggest fan of is Promise of Success, so I definitely have to give her a wrap uh, on the podcast now. Um, I've I've spoken about her plenty and plenty of times on the podcast before. Um, she's 
just continues to run well and uh, obviously takes another step up here, but gets 51 kilos. And, and I think if that pace from out wide, you know, especially like you said, with, with expat uh, stepping up to the 1500 now and has a lot of early speed, if, if that does eventuate into a pretty fast run race, promise of success will be the one that benefits the most off that. I reckon um, dropping out to the back from uh, gate 13 uh, it'll be hard to it'll be hard to win from at Rose Hill um, from from the back. It usually is, but you know if for whatever reason the the bias is different uh, on the weekend, or like I said, they go helter skelter. Um, Promise of success will be the one flying home. So I've got my honor. She's in the black book, so uh, definitely one uh, for me to mention there. And then the rest, I think, expat going forward, if she if she can run out the trip, she'll probably be favored in the run if, if they don't go helter skelter so that's kind of like the flip side i guess you got if they go too hard promise of success will probably be the one running on and if they don't expat will clearly be leading so um those are the two if i had the single out two i'd be i'd be looking at now but wonder bar was a big win last time i was on i was on her then um so yeah everything you said uh jace i, I tend to agree with um, and there's plenty of other horses you can make a case for in the race. So pretty open one, but um, those, the six and the 12 for me are, are the two that I'm going to single out. Yeah. No promise of success. Great mare, great man. Fingers crossed. She can run well for you. 51 kilos, Rachel King on board. You can't really go wrong there. And I think a big key before we head to Flemington at Rose Hill on Saturday is really identifying the class jockeys that remain here because majority of them have gone down uh, south to obviously contest a two group one races where there's a big, a uh, bit bigger prize money. Um, there's not as much depth and a lot of jockeys that are coming through, I guess, what would you say the provincial jockeys are coming to town now? So I think you can really identify, I guess, Tommy Berry being one, Rachel King being another, Jason Collette, Tim Clark, Brenton Abdullah. I think those are the five guys and, and female you want to watch. Uh, let's head to the JC trial files now. Saturday, we're going to Gosford race one, number eight, Rapid response. Now, we're not getting a big price about this filly. She's around the even money mark currently, maybe even odds on in some places. But she's been heavily backed already, 260s into, I think, I think uh, odds on now. Um, she was very unlucky on debut last year over the 1,000 metres at Wyoming. She ran fourth to Celian, Mabel, and The Globe. There's been five subsequent winners out of that race. Um, and she's since trialed really well. Her recent trial behind Lock Eagle, who has since come out and absolutely bolted him in a Newcastle mate. I think he won by five or six lengths. Um, I think it was on uh, the day Wonder Bar did win that Newcastle Newmarket. Um, was phenomenal. She went to the front, did it quite easily, and kept kicking after the line. Uh, drawn well here, barrier five, 1,000 metres Gosford, suits her down to the ground. Dylan Gibbons on board, takes two kilos off, comes into this race with only 54.5 kilos, and meets her second lightest rival, two kilos better for the weights. And the main danger, in my opinion, being Kim Moore's horse, four kilos better for the weights. So I think rapid response to start the day off at Gosford is a bit of a hit and run mission at the $2 mark. Blake, Hong Kong, get out of jail on Sunday. Uh, well, <laughs> if you're looking for Hong Kong on Sunday, you might not find anything because the oh. meeting's on Saturday. But uh, yeah, tomorrow we are... We're at Sha Tin. There's actually, it's actually a pretty big meeting. There's no, I don't think there's any group races, but there's a couple class ones. One of those is race one, um, which is a little bit odd, but uh, I've seen it, I've seen it a couple of times lately, actually, in some of the meetings. They they throw in like the big races in race one. I don't know if that's to encourage 
you know, the, the betting turnover to sort of get up there in the first couple of races or, or whatever the, the idea is. But um, interesting anyway. And in, uh, in race one on Saturday tomorrow, uh, Chiefful Days is going around, who is a horse I have backed personally all seven of his last starts and he's won six of them. Um, I was telling Jason earlier at each way odds in each of those wins. So he's really just become a completely different horse this season. I ran eighth his first two runs this season. And then since then, yeah, he's won, won six from seven, um, progressed all the way from class four up to class one. And now he's taking on easily the hardest field that he has taken on uh, in his career, but he's done everything right up to, uh, up to date. So uh, I'll definitely, he'll, he'll definitely be a decent price again because the quality of this field, you've got Kaim Star, who's, uh, you know, consistent in the group ones, healthy, happy as well. Um, coming out of the four-year-old series was did, did well then. Uh, excellent proposals, always up there as well. Champions Wayne Savvy 9, consistent as well. So it's a challenging field for Cheerful Days and and he's sort of the new, new kid on the block compared to these experienced horses. But yeah, six wins from seven starts. He owes me nothing. Um, and if anyone else has been on him any of those starts, he, he owes you nothing either. So um, even if you've been following the Hong Kong hero, I think I've tipped him four, four or five times in, uh, on those tips as well. So cheerful day is definitely one to keep an eye on there in race one. Um, not necessarily a best bet for the day, but yeah, definitely will be a good price and, and worth having something on. Too easy. I think all the listeners will be cheering home cheerful days if he salutes on Saturday, don't forget Hong Kong on Saturday. How good! So tune in. I'd say roughly. Are we getting tips from you tomorrow? Are we lucky enough to get tips, or, or, or Melbourne's got a yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll um, I'll definitely be able to conjure something up. So oh, beautiful. Keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. The listeners, they love a Hong Kong a cheeky feel up. I got about four or five messages on Wednesday night saying, "Where the hell is a Hong Kong hero?" I'm like, "Sorry, <laughs> mate. God, I'm sick in the head. Sorry, he sent him so early. It's not even funny." But I apologize mm-hmm. for my wrongdoing. Um, we bounce back this week. We head to Flemington now. Race six, new market handicap over the 1200 meters. Home affairs lost and running. Head the betting currently around that $3.80 quote with Dabble, our friends at Dabble. They've got exotics now, trifectas, Cornellas. It's just going off at Dabble. If you're not on them, I don't know what you're doing. But anyway, Blake, speed map down the straight six at Flemington. What goes forward here? Plenty. Plenty. Anything and everything. Yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, it's a it's a it's a straight race at Flemington. What else? Uh, what else can you expect? You know, there's. Do I even really need to go through it? Home Affairs obviously is going to be up there. Oxy Road doesn't know any other way. Snap Dance will be close enough. Lost and Running has to be has to be close to speed. Finance Tycoon led him one uh, in his last race, which I, I mentioned him in, and the astrologist is always sort of around the mark as well. So. Plenty of pace from all over the field. Um, it'll be interesting to see which way they go, or sort of where the where the best spot is to be uh, on the on the track. Because with sort of horses leading or horses that will go forward from all different positions, do they do they come into sort of one bunch up the middle, or do they split? Um, there's the astrologist and finance tycoon, even Count de Ruby can get up there a little bit, and Lost and Running are all drawn uh, sort of well for the the typical. Uh, the low barriers and then Oxy Road Home Affairs and Snapdance are drilling the outside three. So they might just stick to the outside and, and uh, sort of lure a few of the other back markers across with them. Um, oh, chasing the bunny. Mm. Chase the bunny down the straight track at Kabalaba, 366 meters. <laughs> maybe. 
Uh, yeah, I often find with these big races, they generally go on their own, like as in they split up. I actually find out they split up more than like the small races, like the two-year-old race. They all follow each other because they're all young and immature and, you know, they're going down the straight for the first time or very first time under race conditions. So they're a bit inexperienced. And I feel like with the lower level races, they all just stick together too. But more often than not, I think these big group one races, you got these jockeys that are, doing the, I guess, their track walks and they're just feeling every different part of the track. And there's that one jockey who might think, oh, far out, I found a nice spot here, but he's found a terrible spot. But in race day, <laughs> he's stuck on the inside and he's not going anywhere. But um, I think last week was a great example of that. You had Malkovich on one side, Brooklyn us on the other side. And I don't want to talk about it, but I think they'll come down the outside. I think I think the outside is generally the place you want to be. If there's 10 meetings at Flemington down the straight, I'd say seven of the 10, definitely outside faster than the inside. So... We'll see what happens there. But if that is the case, I think Home Affairs can go two from two and make it three from three down the Flemington straight six. Oh, he won down the straight five the other time. But um, yeah, he, he's a Cornwall winner. He won the Cornwall Stud Stage Group 1 company, one by three lamps. Pretty impressive. J-Mac was on board that day. Retained the ride first up in the Black Caviar Group 1 level once again. Beat Nature's Grip. Forms being Frank of Eduardo winning that four-horse field um, in the race where Shelby 66 almost beat him. Um, and yeah, I just think the draws, the draws, the positive here. I think barrier 16 is exactly where you kind of want to be just out in the open, probably find a spot outside the leader. Don't think he'll try and lead. If he does, then, you know, well done. We'll see what happens. I think there might be a, might be a horse here by the name of, let me find it. Oxley road. I reckon that horse might take it on and try and lead him up. But, um, We'll see what happens, but I think Home Affairs here is probably the most accomplished straight track runner. Uh, and obviously, Lost and Running, Mask Crusader are both really, really good animals, but I just don't think they have the form on the board down the straight track. Other horse I would quickly want to mention to before we throw to Blake for his opinion, Poland, horse number nine. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was gilded coming into this preparation. I thought he's won the Oakley Plate. was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, he's a horse that I'm not backing tomorrow. But I am following third up up to 1,400 metres, fingers crossed Flemington, and possibly fourth up up to a mile. I feel like we can make some money out of him this preparation. Uh, the other horse I want to mention is Quantico, first up. Uh, has a very sharp turn of speed, this horse. Does suit the straight track, one for one down the straight tack, uh, track, won a listed race. Karen McElroy riding at 52.5 kilos. You don't often see that. think he'll be in the finish somewhere. And the last one I want to mention, if he wasn't drawn so poorly... Artorius, he absolutely head case his horse, but he can reel off a sectional. If you look back at that group one, Cornwall stud stakes, he was absolutely flying late, heavily back in the market and was arguably the run of the race. So if he wasn't drawn so poorly in barrier two, I feel like if he was drawn maybe barrier 17, I could have a nibble. Um, and I just think 1,200 metres is just out of his out of his zone. If this was a 1,400 metre race down the straight, that's his absolute premium setup. Whereas 1,400 metres... Around a circle, he just gets too far back. He's, he's starting like 15 lamps. Down the straight, he's probably starting like five to six lamps. But um, those are the horses I'm following. But my full shebang will be on home affairs. Blake, over to you. Well, hopefully we can find the bloody winner between us because I'm with Boston Running and Mass Crusader, personally. Um, I, as much as I want to be with home affairs, the, the three-year-old thing in the back of my head screaming at me not to be. Um, and what you said, Jason, about the outside rail, if that does turn out to be fact uh, tomorrow, then 
looks like it might be hard to beat home affairs. But I think with all the pace that I did mention and and if uh, obviously Rodent Snap Dancer and, and a few other horses get up and um, cause a bit of trouble or wreak a bit of havoc in the lead, um, I'll be looking at Mars Crusader to run on. Um, he The 1,000 metres is just not his go at all uh, first up. And he didn't, you know, it wasn't a flashing light run or a crazy, crazy finish or anything like that, but just a, just a nice hit out first up. And I think second up now uh, getting to the 1200 is, you know, if he's going to run well, it'll be here. Um, you know, he, obviously he'll run well, hopefully uh, further into his prep as well, but this is sort of, you know, if he's going to have a good prep, this is where you, you'll start to find out getting up to the 1200 meters. So I'm happy to be on Master Crusader. He gets a little bit of a swing in the weights as well. Um, and he's a class animal. Like his run in the Everest was, was phenomenal and arguably could have won that. So um, definitely, definitely one to uh, at least having exotics if, uh, if you're not going to back him each way like I am. And lost in running as well. Um, same sort of argument, class horse. Um, gets from, he won with the 61 kilos first up, gets now to uh, 56. Hugh Bowman's aboard. That'll be interesting to see how, how Huey goes. But um, yeah, both of those I, I really uh, I really like. And yeah, taking nothing away from home, home affairs as well. But I just think, um, you know, with the biggest thing for me was, was that win beating Nature Strip 0.1 of a length. Nature Strip should have won the race, no doubt, in my mind. And now Home Affairs um, meets a lot of those horses worse at the weights. Uh, not not Nature Strip, obviously, but a lot of the other horses that were in behind. Gets up the 200 extra 200 metres as well. And uh, now is second up instead of first up fresh. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes. Um, interesting to see how the track plays. But yeah, I'm with Austin running a Master Crusader, personally. Beautiful. We're to race seven now. The last race we'll be covering on this podcast is the Australian Club, Club, Australian Club, Australian Cup, 2,000 metres. Yeah. I just realised the Victorians, everything, they just name it the Australian. You know, with Randwick, you know, the Randwick Guineas, the Randwick this, the Victorians, the Australian Guineas, the Australian Cup. <laughs> Come on, it's got to be better than that. They're, they're uh, let them have it. We know our racing's better. Let them have oh. it. Well, we, we do know our horse racing is better. <laughs> and there is a Sydney grade going down to Victoria. And it's no surprise that a Sydney Galloper is favourite in this race. And that is Think It Over. Currently around that $3 mark with Dabble. Um, not just Think It Over. There's a few companions here out of that. What was it? The Chipping Norton, was it? Yes, yeah, so the Chipping Norton. We've got She's Ideal, who ran a cracking race behind. Very elegant. And the very unlucky Dwayus who ran six in that race, as well as Yonkers, who's actually been in Victoria for quite some time, but I'm pretty sure he's a, um, a blue man. So, uh, Blake, what's the right phrase here? Are, are, we, are we Victorian or are we New South Wales here? Who, who are we steering towards? I'm, I'm split. Oh, I've gone... fence. fence. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, gone, I've gone a half-half here. Um, I took the horse that I like the most out of that last run in Sydney, uh, as well as a horse that I've black booked, uh, who's been racing in uh, down south, racing pretty well, I think, in uh, in that uh, that mile uh, first up hit out there by the name of Spanish Mission, second favourite. Interesting J Max on, um, and I think that's a good booking personally. But um, yeah, I really like the way Spanish Mission ran. Black booked him. Um, now he gets up to the, the 2,000 metres, definitely far more suitable than, than the mile. Um, so 
deserves to be shortish. Uh, I'll leave it to, to others to debate whether or not four dollars sixty dollar eighty is the right price for him. But I think it's uh, I think it's decent enough. We can have a little each way poke at him. And uh, the other one, I said I was going half half. The one from Sydney that I've taken out of the last race is uh, the horse that I've mentioned on here already. Jewess um, or Jewais, Jewice. Icy Mare, I don't know, whatever you want to call I don't her. Yeah, if she wins. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, call her what you want. One, as long as she uh, first passed the post, not complaining. Yeah, that last run was phenomenal. Uh, the more, the more, <laughs> the more I watch it, the more I just can't believe what what sort of a run it was. Honestly, um, the we we even spoke about the sectionals out of that race, Jason, and she was nuts, absolutely nuts. So. Third up now, 2,000 metres, exactly what I said I was going to be uh, looking out for for her. Gets a dry track as well, so it'll be interesting to see. She's got uh, most of her form on the dry track. So, um, yeah, that, those are the two anyway for me, Spanish Mission Dewis. Yeah, I could not be any more in sync with you. Spanish Mission, interesting horse this. Came down here, obviously, for the Melbourne Cup. Um, great form around Stradivarius heading into that race. Um, and obviously being bought out by uh, Bray Sikolsky, the man that owns absolutely every good horse in Australia currently. Um, wonder how much they paid for him. He's a hentai too. So anyway, but yeah, big money, obviously. So um, he's down here now and he did run well on that group three, Carlon Cup behind Ellswood. Um, but I'm going with yours or the latest selection of yours, Jueus. I thought she, we were talking about, we've spoken about her a few times now. She was just eye-catching um, in that Chipping Northern Stakes. Quite frankly, she should have placed. Not sure if she should have won, but she should have definitely ran top three. Um, and you know why I say that? Because she finished with the, la the fastest last 200 metres out of that race, basically stopping and starting on a heavy 10 track. 11.9, the second fastest out of that race was 12 flat. So she's run about uh, half a length to a length faster than any other horse out of that race. And then if you look at her run first up in the Apollo, I know she was ninth beaten 5.7, but she's run the second fastest last 200 metres out of that race too. So she is low and sneaky flying this mare. Uh, gets back on a good track, as you mentioned, which is a massive tick because her heavy track stats read zero from three, not even placed on a heavy track. So that's a huge positive here. Josh Parr comes down for the ride. Um, and she's a winner third up last preparation in Melbourne, which is another very key point in my opinion. She won the Kunji Cup Group 3 level over the 2,000 metres on a good four track. So basically ticks every single box for me. Uh, she ran home in really slick time that day too. Final last 200 metres, 11.6. So down to 57 kilos here. Only concern is the pace. I'm not sure if there's a stack of pace in this race. So that might be her undoing. But at the current price, $8, I, cannot just, I just can't go any other way in this race. Um, I think think it over. I think think it over. <laughs> That's funny. Think it over will improve back on a firmer surface. Um, however, I just can't justify the current quote. I think the bookies are starting to really hone in on him just because he's been so brilliant in his lay. I think he's won, what, four in a row before his last start. It wasn't even a failure. He ran fourth on a heavy 10, beaten one and a half by Barry Ligon. She's ideal out of that race. So he'll definitely improve. I think he's the one that Juarez has to beat. All right, we've got our own competition now, sir. We're both in the red. So I don't know what, we can't borrow from anything. We've never had this before. Normally <laughs> nothing's in the green, so we're just borrowing from each other. So um, we've got to put an end to this competition now. Uh, <laughs> no, we'll go to, we're covering all three group one races, $100 ahead on each race. Cornwall, take us away, sir. 
the two that I mentioned, Promise of Success and Expat, it's it's sort of a coin flip uh, whether the sort of lead or the back mark is favoured. So I went with both, 25 each way on, on both of those. I'm just playing it plain and simple, 50 each way on Wanda Bar. New market. Uh, saving on, on lost and running, 25 to win, and I'm having one by two each way. So 25 to win, 50 to place on Mars Crusader. Oh, okay, fuck you with these things now. $100 to win on home affairs for me. So we've gone with the cream with the crop in the new markets. Australian Cup time. 25 each way Spanish mission, 25 each way Juez. 50 each way on Blake's ladder runner, Juez. Winky face, cute heart. Best bets, <laughs> Best bets on a huge card for Saturday. What do we have? Get the viewers another winner. You had two winners last week, apparently. We did. We sure did. Yonce was, Yonce was incredible. Uh, that, man, going so well. What is it, like four now? Four in a row? Five in a row? Something like that. Insane. Undefeated. Undefeated. Hey. It just continues to absolutely storm home. It is pure annihilation. Pure annihilation. I remember I was in Melbourne. I was at the festival watching that race on my phone, screaming at the top of my lungs. It was it was phenomenal. Everyone's looking at me like I'm an idiot, but I didn't have heard it. The music had been playing. I think you're, you know, <laughs> no, music's, no music's gonna gonna drown that out. No music's had, drowning that out. I should have had Halo in the background. Beyonce, Yonce, Beyonce. Oh, oh mate. Anyway, but anyway, um, so uh, no Yonce yeah. this week, but uh, can you find a similar winner uh, this week for the listeners? I can try. I can try. Um, I think we're going to have to... I was going to go... I was actually going to go up to Queensland. There's a horse by the name of A Call From Heaven uh, who I blackbooked her first run, I think, when she ran second. She ran second again over the 1,200 and then won over the 1,350. Uh, now goes 1,300 at Eagle Farm. Uh, pretty suitable, I think. She's uh, she's a horse that looks like she preferred Eagle Farm to Doombin where she won last time. So... 550, good price. She's uh yeah, interesting one. But um in Sydney, if this loads, there's a interesting matchup in race two at Rose Hill between She's Extreme and Queen of the Ball. Um, and as much as Queen of the Ball was $15 when I last backed her when she won first up there 1100 meters. But if Rose Hill is a little bit cooked, which you know. Sometimes it is, or most of the time it is. Queen of the Ball is definitely going to be leading from, from Barrier 5. I think um, she's, yeah, probably a betting proposition at $3.50. Um, but, yeah, interesting matchup. I've got both of them. Blackbook, they're both, uh, both going well. So Queen of the Ball and she's extreme. That'll be an interesting matchup. But my, my best bet, I reckon, for Sydney is Queen of the Ball. Beautiful. All right, for me, uh, Gosford, that trial horse, forgot the name of it, but I think it'd be very hard to beat. I'd say that's probably a best bet. One at value I want to give listeners. Last race, Rose Hill. It's set up for something. Not usual glorious. Tab number four. Sorry, dabble number four. I like, I like Glenn. <laughs> Glenn Munsey's always like, tab number one, tab number two. I love it. Double number four, not usual glorious. Race 10, number four, Rose Hill. Here's our get out of jail card, listeners. Love the heavy track stats on this five-year-old gelding. Five starts, four wins, and a third. Soft track stats, good. Both runs this time in at Morfittville, 14, 1,600 metres on good four tracks in 82 and 86 company, respectively. Brett Preble, booked for the ride. We see Preble in Sydney. 
That's very interesting. We see a South Australian horse in Sydney. Pricks my ears up once again. And then the gear change. Blinkers on first time for a 17-start horse. So that means one of two things. It's going absolutely terrible or they know something. They've worked it in blinkers and it's absolutely flying. And I think it might be. There's been a bit of money around for Not Usual Glorious. It's up to the 1,900 metres. It drops back to 78 company. Gets a wet track. Oh, I think this is I think this is a good price here. 19 to 1. Yeah. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> From the clouds. Oh, so we'll be cheering Not Usual Glorious, which stands for N-U-G, the nugget from South Australia. I don't know. I've just got a feeling about this one. Just smells of a stinky setup. The ownership group. Someone will know something. Someone will know one of those owners. Oh, I just want to know. Oh, I just want to know. Is this horse flying or is it absolutely dead? We'll find out tomorrow at 6.05 p.m. 5.55 p.m. Sorry. Mate, you've sold me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be a single listener who's not on it after that talk. Jeez. You don't bring a horse from South Australia to New South Wales for the sake of it running poorly. You just don't do that. You know why you don't do that? You're wasting time. You're wasting money. I just sent a dog up to Queensland. That cost me like 650 bucks or 700 bucks, whatever it was, to Queensland. You know, this is a horse. This is an equine athlete. 550 kilos of raw strength and bone and muscle and speed. It was a a 30 kilo greyhound. Cost 600 bucks. Guess how much this would cost? God knows. 3,000, 5,000. I'm not too sure, but it's a lot of money to come here just to run last. Yeah, so too much to run dead fucking last. Yeah, so <laughs> come here to pay a, get a paycheck. And Bleaker's on first time for a horse this deep in its career just always pricks the ears up. Third up, winner last preparation, third up. I, I don't know. I just If this isn't a setup, I don't know what is, and it has to run well. Just has to run well. Weak enough race too. A lot of the, lot of the horses short in the market are coming through midweek or provincial form lines. So um, Zumon's a smart enough horse, so is Beno, but... Um, you know, they are still three-year-olds and they're coming through that midweek form line. So it's really hard to, I guess, to weigh that up. But uh, I think the nug can go close here, dropping back in grade. That's all That's all I'm going to say, Blake. Up the nug. nug. Come on the nug. Say no more. All right. Trying to, to wrap things up. Trying to give Dabble another plug for us. Right. Doesn't really need another plug, but I will because uh, they're absolute legends over there at Dabble and they know what they're doing. The, uh, the app you can download on uh, Google Play and the App Store. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. And uh, we've got, you know, we've, we've always got the racing every weekend. And uh, if you follow us on Dabble, you can see uh, all, the, all the bets that we share. Um, that's the Hong Kong Hero and, uh, and anything else that we share as well. So uh, you can follow all of that, just one click and, and you're on. But we've also got the NRL starting up as well this week. We had the first, uh, first game last night and, you know, Dabble's all over that as well. So, um, you know, any of those things, especially if you follow us on Dabble, you can see all of that sort of stuff. You can follow it, join the banter groups, plenty happening over there, social, betting, everything. So um, get around it. If you haven't already, just have a look anyway. I'm sure I'm sure once you do get it and get on there, you'll, you'll love it. So, um, yeah, get on it. That's a plug and a half. I'm just going to end the show on that because I don't think I could even – I don't even want to go next. It's like if you're like a, a singer at karaoke or something and someone just pops up and <laughs> – they're like Beyonce, Beyonce, and they just come out. And they just like absolutely kill it. And then you're the poor, you know, I was going to say the B word, but you're the per- poor person that's going next. 
It's hard to follow up those. So uh, I'll leave you to it, Blake. Safe flight, safe travels as always. Don't go too crazy down there. I know you will, but it is a bit of that. Um, God knows what's got to be in those drinks. Um, But um, baby. Yeah, anyway, I'll leave you to it. I know you want to watch the NRL because I know there might be a same-game multi that's currently in play possibly, and it might be involving the Canberra Raiders and the Cronulla Sharks. So, uh. I'll leave you to it, buddy. I'll get this up and the listeners will be listening to this absolute dribble right now. All the best, listeners. Good luck on the weekend. So easy. Take care, guys. See ya.